Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, compassionate caregivers. I'm Martha Tyler, and together with Katie Anderson, we are the hosts of the Compassionate Caregiver Podcast. We believe that the most profound impact we can have on the lives of children is by supporting, educating, and caring for the people who care for those children. And that is you. Welcome, welcome. We are so excited to have you here for another episode of the Compassionate Caregiver Podcast. This week, I have a guest that I am so excited about. Um, I met her at International International Nanny Training Day here in Chicago, um, which we were both speakers at, which was so, so fun. Um, And I was blown away by this guest's presentation because I had never thought about (laughs) public transportation and kids as like in the ways that you highlighted when you were presenting. So may I present to all of you listeners, Tina Figueroa. Hello, Tina. Hi, Martha. Thank you so much for for having me. I've been looking forward to this all week. Um, I'm so excited to talk transit and kids. Yes, me too. And I, like I said, I, I have taken public transportation and transit with kids. I mean, I've taken lots of cars with kids in them, Um, but I've taken public transportation quite a few times with kids as well. And I had never really considered like the benefits, like you outlined so many different benefits that I had not fully considered in your presentation. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where cars are so ubiquitous with getting kids places, Mm -hmm. um, especially for a lot of us that maybe might not live in cities or live with good access to public transit. But when it's there, it's often overlooked as such a great way to explore with kids and also can be easier to help get kids places. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into talking about that, I would love just like your history with like how how did this become an area that you love to talk about and yeah your your journey yeah um so i i grew up in puerto rico so there's there's not a ton of public transit access over there um and when i moved to the mainland united states when i was about 13 mm-hmm. um i was kind of in the tri-state area of new york new jersey pennsylvania and that's when i started to realize i got on a school bus for the first time Um, So there was communal transit to school. Um, I'd go into New York very infrequently in Philadelphia and was like, oh, there's trains and this is cool. And when I moved to Chicago about six years ago, I was just blown away with how great it was to not have a car. Um, And before I even got into urban planning, which is the field I'm in now, um, I would never stop talking about the bus or the trains. My friends are like, stop telling us your favorite bus <laughs> on the CTA. And it's the 147. <laughs> That's my favorite that bus. bus. It's yep, so I, good. It is a very good one. Yeah. So, so that, and then, you know, I, I nannied for a few years for maybe like six years throughout college. Um, and 
I love kiddos. And so the two kind of just naturally fit together. And so now I just like talking about it. Yes, which is so wonderful. And like kids love <laughs> transit. Like you yeah. love to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I once babysat um this adorable kid. Um he loved the red line and he lived off of Belmont Red Line and he would uh-huh. build like his own train tracks and he had this cute little way of talking and he'd always just go this is the wet line Twain to Howard <laughs> and oh, it would just kill gosh. me. He was so cute. And his parents were like history professors and they just, they loved the trains too. It was just great. Yeah. 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 So um, I would love to start with just talking about like kind of the like nuts and bolts of like taking kids on transit like on public transit like and I and this podcast is technically worldwide so I know that we're gonna keep it like a little bit more vague than like your presentation which was in Chicago but just thinking about like if you are like if a goal is to try to incorporate more public transit into your nanny life or your caregiver life in general? Like how does one go about doing that? And what are some things to like consider when making that shift? Yeah, I think the number one thing is that you need to be acquainted yourself with some of the basics about what kind of transit's available to you in your town or in your city. Um, Because you want to be prepared, right? When you have, when you're in the moment with, one or more kids, you have a stroller, you have bags of stuff, they're running around. You want to know where you're going and what you're doing. Um, (laughs) So that's for sure. Number one, just a bit of initial research. Um, Try it out yourself, maybe as just an individual. So you can feel comfortable and confident um, with the kiddos. Um, And the second thing I'd say is just be open, Um, be open to some mistakes happening, you know, like maybe the wrong stop you get off at it, right? Um, buses can be can be tough and treat it like a bit of an adventure. Um, I think that that's, that that's really helpful. There's a lot of joy that can be found on just enjoying kind of spending time teaching kids like, it's okay, we've made a mistake. We can just figure it out from here. I think there's a lot of cognitive development that can come from these new experiences that you can introduce um, and challenge your maybe comfort zone a little bit, just get out of it a little and try that out. Yes. I completely agree with that. And I, I think that, um, making it so that that is the adventure, like the journey is the destination type thing, especially at first as you like getting used to it. I love the idea about you taking it individually before like bringing kids into it, especially if it's something that you feel anxious about. Um, that can really help like quell your own anxiety so that you can be less anxious as you like present the idea to the kids. But then also, yeah, what, what freedom to be like, oh, we got off on the wrong spot. Like, okay, what's around here? Like, do we want to wait for the next bus? Do we want to like go back? Do we want to explore this stop? Like, I know we were thinking we were going to go here but now we're here yeah and so many kids just love like they'll get excited about being on the train 
being right. on the bus. That for them is can be really, really fun if you foster that kind of fun. Um, and oftentimes kids ride for free. So kind of the stakes might be lower depending on how old your kids are, the kids you're watching. Um, so that kind of plays into the research portion. So it's maybe you can find ways for it to be less stressful for you as a parent. Um, and there's no need to, if you can avoid the stress, you know, lean into that kind of unknown, lean into we, you know, the zoo's a few stops down, but look at this. This is really interesting. We can go here instead. Um, and I, I mean, kids are going to find the joy if you, if you help them find it, you know? Right. Right. And I heard you mention that cognitive piece and I, I think that there's a lot there, um, growing up my dad did this wonderful thing for me that whenever we were traveling in a new place, um, he would like show me on a map. Like if we were traveling by car, he would show me the route by car. If we were going, he, his like kind of special interest is airplanes. He like can always tell me like the airplane that's flying over us. Like usually he can tell me like he can always tell me what kind it is. And usually he can even tell me like, oh, like that's probably from this place. Like I know that that the timing. So, but at an airport, he would be like, okay, like we're past security. You go find the gate, you know? And this was when yeah. I was like seven, eight years old. And like the autonomy that I felt in that way. And, you know, like I messed up sometimes and we always had plenty of time. And it was like, okay, that's not, you know, oh, they changed the gate, whatever. And then I got that um, practice of like, it's okay when things go wrong. Um, But I would love to hear more about like the cognitive piece of it, of like figuring out the route and like all of that good stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, the fact that your dad did that with you, like gives you the space to explore. And that kind of leans into that independence piece, really fostering that in kids. You build a lot of confidence that way. Um, And when you take kiddos to new places, they meet new people. They get a better understanding of the world around them. Um, That improves their social skills. I mean, general manners, um, spatial awareness. There's so much to be gained from the uniqueness of each experience, because every time you get on a bus or a train or, you know, Amtrak or the Metra, there's something new that is a learning opportunity and an opportunity for, for that fun as well. And so, especially for those younger kids, that's kind of just really ramping up that, like, exciting learning and development and neural networks that start to form in their brains. It's, it's such a great way to, to teach really. Yes. And like, I'm thinking through like how many skills are needed to like figure out, like there's time management, like, and that also encounters like math of like, okay, it's going to take us 22 minutes on the bus so like how long until we'll be there and if we want to be there at a certain time like when do we need to leave like that's math but I also think like the social skills of it all but also the like self-regulation like I'm a family therapist now and like thinking about also seeing other people potentially having a hard time and like encountering that and knowing that you're safe in that, like, 
that's huge. Cause I think yeah. if we become adults that have never encountered any of that, it feels a lot scarier than if we're a kid with our safe adult encountering that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's when you're, let's say on, on the bus or on the train and you, with your stroller, you're in, in Chicago, at least you're in the areas that are um, priority seating and you can lift those seats up to make room for the stroller. Um, it could be an interesting opportunity then if someone elderly comes along, maybe you can scooch aside and like help sit the seat down and that can teach kiddos like, you know, there's kindness that mm-hmm. we can foster here and that we can grow. Um, and also patience. I know that yes. some kids might be really ex- like, when do we get off? Like when's the next stop? And it's like, this is, you know, it's the next one and we can wait and you employ those kind of patience building skills. Um, I, I've seen so many kids be excited about the bus from the train. And then we'll say, are we getting off here? Like, where are we getting off? And like, they're eager to like move on to the next part of the journey. And parents will kind of like work with that response to be like, this is, we're getting off soon. Like, let's not, you know, start getting louder. Like it's quiet time on the train. And there's a lot of, there's more skills building there. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And then I also think like the button pushing, like getting to push the oh, button for the, the stop. button pushing. Oh, I get excited to push the buttons. Me too. <laughs> Me too. But yes, like being like, when is it time to either pull the rope or like push the button? Like, and you get to do that and like turn taking that happens there. Oh yeah. That's, that's huge. Just the, like knowing when to pull it and when it's not an appropriate time, because then the bus has stopped at a stop that no one needs to get on or off. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, um, and then also like potentially with the money, like in Chicago, we have the venture card, but like, if, if that's not something that you have in your city or like you haven't gotten one yet a lot of some buses will accept actual cash so like figuring that out beforehand like with the kids and then if it if it's going to work for them to be able to like actually put that money in and pay like what autonomy there and math skills there yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I see, I see that all the time. I see parents giving the kids mostly the venture cards and then they'll get to tap it and then they'll get to go through the turnstiles, you know, and they're, they're very excited. I've seen older kids hold open the, um, we have accessible turnstiles for folks in wheelchairs um, and for strollers. And like the older kid will go ahead and hold it open for mm-hmm. the caregiver with the stroller And it's just, it's really nice to see because we're also building in addition to confidence in our kids, but we're also building community um, because we're sharing space with other people and we get to interact with people we might not otherwise get to see or get to meet and talk to. And that's one of the things I love about kids is that you hop onto a bus or a train and if I'm by myself, like you know, you wave to a kid and you like, they'll talk. Some of them are older and they like to go around and say hi. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing because there is a need to, to kind of really build community today. I really love moving towards that kind of environment. Yes. And I, I really think that in, during the pandemic, we lost so much 
in that arena. And like, we have to be really intentional about building it back. And like in my office, I see a lot of kids where their social anxiety is so high right now. And with anxiety, one of the only ways to really combat anxiety is to confront it, is to say like, I'm going to go out and be out like that um, exposure to what makes you feel anxious. And the bus is such a, the bus or the train are such lovely ways to be like, cause you can, you can also like level yourself up. Right. So if you have an older kid who is feeling like anxious about being out in public, the first time they ride, maybe they can have their headphones in and like, be listening to music or a podcast and like they don't have to interact but then you know the third or fourth time they ride maybe the headphones come out and they're like present on the bus and then you know like you can ramp up for those older kids who maybe are feeling anxious about being out and about yeah definitely there's there's the opportunity to even with older kids if they feel safe with a friend or with you as a caregiver there is that opportunity to then go with them and like take a few trips, go on a quieter bus route or train route, go at off period times. Um, There's a lot of customization, I guess, that can kind of happen in that way. Um, And I I find, so I I love both the bus and the train, but I am a bus girl at heart. I love Mm -hmm. the bus. Um, And I find that the bus is maybe a little bit easier for that in particular because you're in the car with the driver. So there's a little bit more kind of discussion or conversation that can happen. If you're like, I really need to get off here. Um, You need help with something. The bus driver's right there. And at least in Chicago on the trains, there is a button to speak to the conductor. So that's also available um, if you need it. Um, But there's something really nice to me about having the bus driver with you. Um, I always feel really good about that. They're always such great people. I've never had a bad bus driver. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I love the bus drivers. Um, and I am so grateful to them because (laughs) as a person who does drive in the city, a very small car, I'm like, how, how, how? I'm in awe of their maneuvering skills. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know how you've done that. I don't know how you've gotten through that street. <laughs> Me either. And I remember, so I studied abroad in England and they had, you know, the double-decker buses and I yeah. was in Canterbury and there was like this tiny little like old thing that was built for carriages, but we would go through it in the double-decker bus. And I was like, how are we fitting under here? It felt. Yeah, they're like superheroes. I have no idea how, how they meant. I think I would actually, I think I'd probably panic if I had to drive a bus. Me too. <laughs> like, so I'd I'm, be so, able to do it. I'm so grateful to them. And I will also say having the bus drivers be in charge of driving is so nice because then you can give your full attention to the kids who are in your care. Because I've exactly. talked on the podcast a long time ago, but about how sometimes I like it takes a lot of my focus to drive in the city of Chicago like especially if we're going down to like one of the museums or something like that where it's like a little bit more crowded and all of that good stuff and so I would implement like a three question maximum 
for trips like that, where I would be like, you're allowed to ask me three questions. Um, And that is it. Like, that's all I can do. Or I would say, I have to have a brain break so that I can focus, hold your questions Mm -hmm. until the end. But on a bus or a train, I wouldn't need to do that. I could answer all the questions about like, what is that kind of tree? I might not know, but I could try to answer. Yeah, the I mean, that's getting into something really important, too, which is, I mean, just safety, right? I mean, I've driven in a car with with kids that I have nannied for. And, you know, sometimes they're really excited. They're really rowdy. They want to play the music really loud. And I love that, that that's really fun. But, you know, I have to focus like we're driving a very serious vehicle. Right. (laughs) We don't want to get into any kind of accidents like your safety's in my hands. Um, And the distractedness factor with kids, they don't understand the severity of like what it means to drive a car, especially in a city um, where there's a lot of focus that needs to be, to be taken while you're driving. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they literally cannot understand that. And so like, it is so nice to be able, like when I have taken the bus or the train with kiddos or the metra my goodness they love the yeah. metra because then they get yes. to sit up top but um but yeah when i've taken those things with kids they it is so nice cuz once you are on whatever you're on then you can just be on it and just answer their questions and just focus on them and like hand out snacks if that's what needs to happen et yeah cetera, et cetera. you can really meet you can meet the needs of the kids in that, in that moment and of yourself too, because it's so important to be able to regulate yourself in addition to that, because it's like, we're all here together and we want to be the best we can be for the kiddos. And that includes taking care of ourselves too. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about the safety piece. Um, because I mean, just by nature of being like in a space with other people at times, there could be safety concerns. Um, and so I'm curious about like your advice for that of like things to watch out for or how to help set yourself up for success in that way. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So as an, as an urban planner, I spend a lot of time thinking about how we can design spaces that are joyful um, and that are equitable for everyone that includes vulnerable populations. Um, it includes the elderly, it includes kids. Um, and when I think about safety with kids and with transit, um, and with reducing car dependency, those things all kind of have a combined role. Um, I mean, obviously safety within transit is, is its own topic. That's a big one. Um, that's why I really like the bus because you have the bus driver right there with you again. So I'd say that's, if you're ever hesitant about using transit for the first time, I like the bus for that reason. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about a little bit about reducing car dependency because I yes. think it's so forgotten when talking about safety with children. Um, there is, and there's two kind of main branches that that falls into, right? Because we have the just generally like, we want our kids to be safe walking across the street. Um, We want our kids to be able to feel safe walking on sidewalks. And as we give them more independence, you don't want to have to worry if they go out with friends and they're out and about, they're biking and there's no protected bike lanes. Um, And then there's also the pollution piece um, about the 
kind of toxins that you breathe in just by being around lots of cars. Um, Northwestern University here in Chicago or in Evanston, they had a report from just this year um, about how neighborhoods near expressways are most polluted with nitrogen dioxide and fine particulate matter, mm. things like smoke and dust. Um, and lakefront residents um, breathe in the most ozone. So wow. all of these pollutants irritate the respiratory system. Um, so if kids have asthma, even if they don't, um, we really don't want to be breathing all of that in. And I've, I've seen a lot of parents actually really step up and kind of ask for no idling zones around schools because they're aware of this problem. You know, you have, you know, your kids going to school and you really don't want them to be breathing in all that exhaust. Um, right. Like later in life, especially any kind of respiratory issues you may already have, it's just really exacerbating that. Um, and it's made me very happy to see so many parents kind of say like, no, like this is serious. We care about this issue and we care about our kids and our air. Um, Belmont actually here in Chicago, Belmont street, um, there is a small, I think elementary school, um, right there, right by the public library. Um, yes. and I think there's maybe like five buses that go around that area. And of course there's the red line stop that's right by there. And it's like, we should be encouraging that. Um, we yeah. should be encouraging parents to be using those because that's part of taking transit is part of reducing that car dependency and lowering pollution. Um, and there is a really big parking lot right next to Merlot that is, I never see it full, even when parents are there picking up their kids. Um, and so I'd love to see more, more of parents feeling like they can take, take the train and the bus to and from school. Um, and then you don't have to think about parking. Parking's a nightmare. <laughs> it is a nightmare. And it's like so hard to like get all the kids out like in a parking lot. I feel like that's like a really high risk yes. area to be in. Because yes. I mean, think about like think about how unsafe you sometimes feel just as an adult, like walking into a Walgreens, like from your car. Like yeah. those. Some, you just don't know if someone's backing out or going through and it's like very unsafe after you're out of your car. Um, yeah. I just borrowed my car to go to a Walgreens and I remember I stepped out and I was like, a car was by me to go park. And I was like, whoa, I'm walking here. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. yes. <laughs> and like, I, you know, like there are ways to like help keep kids safe. But like, if you're getting like a little one out of a car seat and then you've got some bigger ones that are like already out, ready to go. Like it is hard to navigate that. And I also like heard you say in there, just like the safety piece of like being safe, walking like across the street or walking on sidewalks and things like that. And like all of us reducing our car dependency helps keep that safer as well. Yeah. And like, there's obviously there's, there's still a place for cars with accessibility. Um, some people don't have access to transit. It really is sometimes just easier from point A to point B directly. And yeah. I think that's important to note too. Um, but when it comes to SUVs and um, big pickup trucks, I know that a lot of parents feel safer in bigger cars because 
there, there is data actually to suggest that bigger cars when you're in them um, are safer um, if the event of a crash. But the problem with these, these big cars that have the very elevated kind of fronts, you yeah. know, like especially you see them a lot in the big, the big trucks and the big SUVs. Um, the difference between those and a regular sedan and the way that it's shaped is that in the event that a crash does occur, fatalities are actually far, far higher with those higher elevated trucks and SUVs because you go under instead of over them versus right. the, the smaller cars. And I think it's when you're under 20 miles an hour, it, there's really not a huge difference, but when you go past 20 miles an hour, the differences, uh, in fatality just kind of really jumps up. Smart. And so I think, I think that there is the piece about, okay, well, we're safer in the bigger car. And it's like, but what about when your kids aren't in the car and they're crossing the street? Right. So it's yeah. the car dependency and the type of cars that are being produced as well. Um, that can be something to think about for parents. Yes, absolutely. And I saw this Facebook post a long time ago by a nanny. And I'm so sorry, I don't know your name. But she did this wonderful thing where she like had kids lay down on big things of cardboard and kind of made like a cardboard cutout of like how tall they were. And then had the kid go sit in the driver's seat with the car off, but and put that cardboard thing in front of the car to really show the kids how like you cannot see them when they are in front of the car. And I just thought that that was such a wonderful way to like really explain to them why they had to be like so safe um, around cars of being like, and then she would also like, she would walk out with the cardboard cut out and she was like can you see me and they were like yes I can see you but I still can't see the cardboard cut out and so just talking about like that difference of like if you're gonna run ahead then you don't have the height of your caregiver yeah that's I mean that's you touched on such an important point because those higher those elevated cars you just cannot see you can barely I'm five foot one you can barely see me so like any kid shorter than me Like you're just not going to, you have to rely on the safety of drivers, which everyone, my mom has always told me, you never rely on the safety of others. You are a defensive driver. Um, And so it's, these are all parts of why encouraging transit um, is so integral in, in safety of children. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially now as the, I guess the quote end of the pandemic, if you want (laughs) to say that, um, with more and more people just we're out and about, it's something to to keep in mind and to say, maybe we can take Amtrak here. Maybe we can take the bus here instead or the, the red line, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I also think if you set it up where you are taking the train with the kids when they are younger, then when they get older, they can, they will be more able and safer doing it by themselves. Whereas like, so that you don't necessarily have to like run them everywhere, you know, before they themselves can drive and even they themselves driving, like that's hard. Like that's a big transition and takes a long time. And like, everybody's got to be safe in that way. So it is nice to like start when they're so young. So then they're used to it. And they know 
what feels normal and what maybe feels like abnormal to then like go talk to the bus driver or push the thing to talk to the conductor. Um, they're not going to panic. Yeah. I, I remember um, when I was first learning to drive, I lived in Pennsylvania and so there was nowhere I could walk. Um, so there was this feeling of like, I need to be able to have this independence I was just dying for my driver's license and then to have a car that I could drive places. And it's very isolating for for kids and for teens. Um, That's a very difficult time anyways. You have all these hormones for the first time. Everything is the worst thing ever. Your parents don't get you, you know? Um, And I see kids in the city here in Chicago using the CTA and they're with their friends and they're going to like the park and they're going to the lake. And I love seeing that because it really can combat kind of that feeling of isolation that you might have um, when you might not have access to a car and you can't walk anywhere in your your community. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I think I fell in love with transit so much is because just the stark difference of like, wow, the world is open to me now. I can go places. This is so accessible. Right. Yes. And I do love that accessible piece. Um, What are some things like accessibility features? Like, I know that we can't speak for like every public transit system everywhere, but like, what are some common ones that people may not know about who don't regularly take the bus or the train? Yeah. So um, on the train, um, there are elevators. So you don't have to worry about lifting your stroller up and down stairs. And I know that the CTA at the minute is kind of doing some construction on some stations because they're not all currently accessible, um, okay. but they're trying to bring it up to speed. And so like the red line has this big modernization project that's making them accessible with, with elevators. Um, like I mentioned earlier, on both the buses and the trains, you can lift the priority seats up so that there is space for your stroller um, or for a, a bike if your kids are biking. Yeah. Um, and equally on the bus, there is actually a bike rack at the front of the bus. Mm. Um, do not be afraid to ask the bus driver and you say, I just need to put these two bikes up um, right at the front. They will help you do it. If you if it's your first time, I figured it out my first time. I was so, so nervous. I was like, oh God, <laughs> I'm going to take forever to do this. But it's actually, it's very easy. And you can look up, I think there's a few videos online that are really helpful as well. Nice. Um, and finally on the bus too, there is a ramp um, because the buses are not exactly on street level or uh, right. like pavement level. So there is a ramp that can unfold. Um, So anyone in a wheelchair, anyone with strollers or who has trouble stepping up to very high heights, um, that can come down for you. So those are some great, and I've seen it used all the time, that ramp. And it's, it's very quick. It's very good. Yeah, that is, those are all really wonderful, like features to highlight because I could see like listening to this and being like yeah 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 Tina and Martha like sure but like how am I going to get my stroller on or like anything like that and so um keeping that in mind that there there is accessibility um in those ways and like and like usually the bus drivers in my experience will just like lower the ramp like if they see that you have a stroller or are in a wheelchair but um but if they don't you can ask 
them you to can do ask that. they're they're right there and it's just so easy to to just say could you lower the ramp i can't lift the stroller up um they're they're pretty proactive i would yeah. say and what's great is that the priority seats are at the front um so at the bus so you can just say hey i'm coming off so mm-hmm. can you lower the ramp and then they kind of they know yeah. and they're thoughtful they don't just start zooming away while you're still setting yourself up like they know you've got on with like a child and <laughs> they're not just right. going to let you topple over, you know? Right. Right. Yes. They are. They're so kind. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'm trying to think of like, is there anything else that you feel like we didn't touch on that is, is like blooming in your mind? That's blooming in my mind. Um, I just, I would love if everyone listening just challenges themselves to just try it once, just try it once and see how it goes. Um, I really want our planet to be healthier for everyone. Um, and it would be just a small, a small thing to try out. Um, and I'd also like to mention that the, firm I work for all together studio. Um, we're a women owned, um, urban design and placemaking studio. Um, yeah. So we're here in Evanston and Chicago. We work, um, throughout the Midwest and outside of the Midwest. Um, and I just wanted to plug that there, we're just doing work here to create these equitable spaces. And we're working with the cities, uh, around the Midwest and, and elsewhere. And, there are people who care about safety and equity and who are doing their best to kind of implement that in, in good city design and good city building. Um, and that this is something for everyone. Um, even if you're not an urban planner, this is something that affects your everyday. Um, even if you might not have, you might not have thought that it does. And so I encourage everyone to get really involved with planning in your cities, um, and go to those meetings. A lot of them are virtual, Um, We try to have really robust engagement um, and that means meeting people where they're at. So it would just be great to see as many people as possible getting involved in, in planning in their local towns and cities. Yes, I completely agree. And I think that like, we talk so much about being a compassionate caregiver, like on this podcast and beyond and like thinking about like not only caregiving for the kids, Although you are still also like caregiving by helping the world be a healthier, like helping earth be a healthier place. Like that's longevity of caregiving in that way, but also like caregiving about the community is like another way to be a compassionate caregiver because it also like comes back to you and your family in that way. But also just like caregiving for the community is great for your own mental health. Like we have lots of studies about that of like the more involved you get in your community, the better your mental health is. Yeah, yeah, totally. I couldn't have said it better. Um, and, you know, our our communities and our families can and should be really interconnected and we can have kind of great solidarity with one another and take care of each other. Yes. Yes. The, is it Rumi quote of we're all just walking each other home? Oh, I love that. 
Yeah. That's really nice. There, it's like painted on an underpass, a metro underpass um, <laughs> near here. And I, I think it is, I think it's, I think it's roomy, but if I'm wrong about that, I apologize listeners. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that there is, that's such an important piece. And I also think setting that example for children is such an important piece of, of being like, okay, like this is an area that I think we can be helpful to our community by like getting involved in these meetings or just being less dependent on your car and like being really talkative about that with your kids of being like, we're doing it this way because this aligns with our values in this way. Um, And I think that that, that lesson will have a ripple effect that cannot be understated. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we want our kids to be, to care about where they live and to care about the people that live there with them. Yes. Yes. Cause I, I have so many parents that like get worried that their kids are going to be selfish or self-centered and I'm like, well, one developmentally, it is kind of their job. Like they haven't literally developed empathy yet, but if that is something you are worried about, the best way to help prevent that from happening is for you to be involved in in community or in like um, service of others. Yeah, to model it with them and and for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I just like I have so many lovely memories uh, with kids on public transit and I don't have as many in a car I will say that like in a car is mostly stressful until we are there and then I have lovely memories once we reach the destination but yes like parking is a nightmare and like where do I put this thing I always joke like I wish I could like shrink it down and put it in my pocket but we haven't developed that technology yet. So if we do, let me know, cause that's going to change the world. I'd love that. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep working on it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes, I, I just, I appreciate you making this connection so explicitly for me and all the listeners, because there's so many benefits to exploring public transit that I did not know before I met you. Yeah, it's, I mean, I didn't know until I had the opportunity to start taking it. So it's changed my whole vision for the world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, awesome. If somebody is listening and they are like, hey, I live in Evanston or Chicago and I would like to get more involved, I would like to take you up on that. Are there specific ways that they could like, learn more information? Is there a website or an email address, anything like that? Yeah. So if you, if you live in the city of Chicago, um, the department of planning, um, DPD, you can go onto their website and see what active planning projects there are. Um, and maybe there's one close by to your home and there's an engagement event happening virtually or in person. Um, there's a million email lists that you could join depending on the projects that you're into. Um, And sometimes contacting your alderman is very helpful, Mm -hmm. even to just get the ball rolling on a project and to say, how can I help you make this a reality? Um, So it's really about kind of investigating the the locations that you're in and seeing what kind of stuff your local 
planning department is is up to. Yeah. And I think that that kind of like spreads out further than just Chicago and Evanston. Yeah. Like, no matter where you are. are. Yes. No matter where. And there's always, I promise you, there's always a planning project happening that you might not know about. And it's a perfect place to to get involved. Yeah. And like have a really big impact on like your day-to-day life. Yes. Yes. Especially if you don't know, it's like, this is the time. Give your input. Tell the city, the village, whomever, what you think, what you want and why it matters, why it matters to you, why it matters to kids and to the community. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Well, Tina, we end each episode with a cute, like fun little story. And I would love to hear yours. Okay. So um, I was in Japan um, briefly a few, a few years ago. Um, and another place where I was totally wowed by public transit. I mean, that's yeah. an unbelievable place for buses and trains. It's like wild. Um and I was on my way with a few friends to, I think, Mount Fuji mm-hmm. um, for the day. And we were taking a bus over there. And there was a, a group of us. And then there were a group of different Japanese folks, um, just a big bunch of tourists. Right. And this little girl, she must have been maybe maybe like 11 or 12. So not not too, too little. Yeah. Um, she was very curious because we were the only non-Japanese tourists on the bus. And she kind of was like looking over at us and she was really interested in like the clothes we were wearing and she was kind of shy. And um, she ended up hiking with us a little bit. And um, on the way back on the bus, she came up to us and she had folded us a paper crane so that we could, and she, we didn't have too much language, but it was just so sweet and thoughtful to be able to make that connection with this cute girl like on on the bus and I'll never forget that I think we all fought over who got to keep the paper crane (laughs) oh that is amazing and yeah with like like that's such a clear way to communicate her joy without yeah necessarily like using language but like what a lovely lovely story um and that community piece of like you don't even have to speak the same language have a sense of community in those yeah. moments and it would have never happened if we drove it would right. have never happened yeah. right yeah oh extra good point well tina thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today i really appreciate it thanks so much martha it's been it's been really exciting to talk i, I love talking about trains and buses <laughs> i love your joy about it it's so infectious um and thank you all for listening we'll see you next week Passionate Caregiver Podcast is produced and hosted by Katie Anderson and Martha Tyler. If you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, please consider becoming a Patreon member. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Compassionate Caregiver Pod and on Twitter at C Childcare LLC. To contact us, email hello at compassionatechildcare.com. As always, thanks for listening. 